Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson. I'm a five-time, nearly 23-year survivor of advanced-stage breast cancer. I'm also a motivational speaker, a speaker mentor, and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life. While Sharon's on vacation this week, she went to go see her daughter in New York, and she always looks forward to those times because, as a lot of our listeners know, uh, her daughter battled breast cancer, and she's doing very, very well. So um, I wanted to, before we introduce our guest, I wanted to kind of share a little message with you. And, you know, I attend cancer events and celebrations all over the country, and many people, before they hear my story, ask me, are you a survivor? And I know that, of course, they're referring to my status with cancer, so the answer is always yes, um, many times, in fact. But I hear others ask the same question because, you know, they're there supporting their friend. They've never personally experienced breast cancer. But when they get asked that question, are you a survivor, I actually see this this look kind of cross their face, and it's almost like they're embarrassed to say no, as if no is a bad thing. It's a you know, bad thing not to be a cancer survivor at a cancer event. But that question always bothers me some. You know, the way I look at it is if we're alive, we're all survivors of something. And, you know, we go through a lot of different journeys in our lives. And we're given many opportunities through our lives to learn and grow by overcoming certain obstacles and difficulties. And I want to ask you, what was the last thing you faced that was so shocking or difficult that it seemed to take your breath away? Perhaps you survived other illness or the loss of a loved one. Maybe you overcame domestic violence or abuse. Maybe your loss was financial. How did you cope? What did you learn? And how was your life different since your battle and your victory over it? So the next time you're at a gathering of cancer survivors and friends or any other type of survivor event, and someone asks you if you're a survivor, say, yes, not of this particular disease or illness, but I have other difficult things I've survived. Haven't we all survived something? So I have a question for you. What have you survived? And I would love to hear your story, so please Drop me a, an email at Becky at breastfriends.org and let me know that you listen to the show and tell me what you've survived, how you overcame it, and what you're doing now. I love stories like that. They are successful and it just proves that that we're all warriors. So on that note, I do have the pleasure of introducing a wonderful guest today. And she is, <laughs> I'll tell you right now, she is no stranger to surviving difficult times. I had a wonderful opportunity to speak with Tangie Roseboro on the phone. And what an amazing woman she is. She's been through a lot and has come out the other side as a true woman of strength. Welcome, Tangie. Really, I'm so glad you're with us today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Well, thank you. Why don't you do just something real quick? Why don't you just take a minute and just kind of Give a the fluffy inter- introduction of yourself. Tell our audience, uh, you know, a little bit about who you are, where do you live, your family, your hobbies, just something so they can get to know you a little bit before we get into the deep stuff. Can you do that? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I am Tangi Roseboro from South Carolina. Everybody say when I say South Carolina, I say it so country. So I try to <laughs> yes, break you it do. Down. <laughs> so. I'm from South Carolina. I am the mother of five children, and I have nine amazing grandchildren. And um, I do a a lot of motivational speaking because I have my own nonprofit organization. But I am a Clemson fan, and we just won the championship. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good for you. I I can't say that I have football in common with you, but I do have five kids in common with you because that seems to be something we both share. What kind of hobbies do you have? Well, I do a lot of writing and I do a lot of um, poetry. So I'm always asked to come and do poetry at different events and things like that. And I ride motorcycles. What? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And how old are your kids? They are 24, 26, 27, 29, and 30. 
Okay, so you, they don't have to worry about mama wearing a helmet, right? <laughs> oh, mama, mama wears a helmet. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> good. I, I'm very happy to hear that. Boy, motorcycles are really fun, but man, I, you've got to wear a helmet. I don't care how old you are. It's just something that we need to do. Well, um, we, we had a conversation earlier, and I want to kind of get to the heart of your story because it's a good one, and I don't want to waste any time here. But just, you know, the last time I talked to you, you mentioned to me that you had a cancer scare just before Christmas. Talk about that. What happened? Okay, so I had, I'm 47 years old, and I have never um, had a mammogram before. And I was afraid to go because I didn't want to receive the bad news of having cancer. So I never went. And every time my gynecologist would make an appointment for me, I would never go. I would always cancel. And so for the last year, my breast had started hurting. And I mean, hurting, hurting, hurting. And I just ignored it and hoping that it would go away until this year. It, it became so unbearable that I had to make an appointment and go myself. And it would wake me up in the middle of the night because my breast would be aching so badly. And I made the appointment with the Bearden um, Cancer Center in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and I was so afraid. And the day of my appointment, when I went, I was shaking like a leaf on the tree because I knew that something had to be wrong with my breast mm. because, because of the way that it was aching. So when I went, uh, this nurse, she was so phenomenal. She just embraced me. She embraced my fear and she just walked me through it. Good. She told me everything that was, you know, was going to be okay. So they did the test, they did the breast exam, and it was nothing, but it was so, so fearful for me. And after that, she just told me to make sure that I come every year. So that's oh, very important. What did they say the pain was? Did they, were they able to su- find a solution for that? They did not say what the pain was. And even prior to doing the mammogram, she told me, she said, we may never know what the pain is if it's not anything there. So um, after the test came back negative and the radiologist came in and spoke with me, he said he didn't, he didn't know what the pain was. It was just pain. Hmm. You know, so have you, is it still there or is it, has it subsided now? It, I think it's, it, it's subsided. So I think it had a lot to do with my mentality around it as well, that because be. I didn't know what the pain was. And because mm-hmm. of that, it was in my mind that my breast was hurting, hurting, hurting. But after the um, test was done, the mammogram test, it was like a weight lifted up off of me. <laughs> you know, there is something so true to those remarks you just made. You know, um, when I went through my breast cancer scare the first time, I was in my mid-30s, and I found a lump, and it didn't hurt. You know, a lot of times breast cancer doesn't hurt unless it's sitting on a nerve or something. But generally, it doesn't hurt, but that lump was there. I went into the doctor. They did a mammogram. The doctor said it was just tissue or fibrous tissue. Don't worry about it. So I chose not to worry about it it because he said I didn't have to and it was that tissue that continued to grow but inside developed a tumor over the next seven years but until I had that mammogram telling me it was nothing I was worried sick I couldn't sleep I mean that our minds can really do some pretty awful things to us so so I guess my advice to listeners at this point in time a lot of people avoid mammograms because they're afraid they're going to get bad news but that bad news can or the thought of bad news can certainly um, increase your your anxiety and your stress, which then causes all kinds of other issues. So I would advise if you have any inkling at all that there's a problem, or if it's just time to get your mammogram, go get it because the worst that can happen, the worst that can happen is yes, they will find out that it's cancer, but they caught it earlier than they did if you waited. And the earlier you catch it, the better chance of success. The best that can happen is you'll find out it's not cancer and you can stop worrying about it. So it's a good thing. <laughs> Go get your mammograms that when they're due or when you suspect any kind of an issue. But, um, but don't wait too long thinking you just don't want to hear the news. Because like Tangi, you might be thinking that and then find out it's, it's nothing. And then that pain started to go away because you were able to re- relax. 
So I I think there's a really strong message in that. And I really appreciate you taking the moment to share that. So in talking to Tanji, I found out she actually has never had breast cancer. But she is one of these people that because of the influence of cancer on other people in her lives, and we're going to get to that toward the end of our program, but she has survived a lot and that's not even cancer related but she has as you heard in the intro come out the other side a warrior so tangi let's get right in this and and talk about what your life was like in your early years what took you down such a dark path how did you get there and more important i want to talk about how you got out of it so let's start by just telling your story give us the specific struggles you know, give give us details and don't worry about the time because we got plenty right now. So okay, I'll I'll tell you to speed up if we have to. <laughs> okay, okay. So as a young as a young lady growing up, of course we grew up poor um, here in the South. Um, my mom she used to drink a lot. Um, thank God she doesn't drink anymore. But when we were growing up, she was um, a pretty heavy heavy drinker. And my oldest sister had to take on the responsibility of raising my sister and uh, my young, my brother. Um, And so she dropped out of high school herself to to take on that responsibility. Um, So we were picked on a lot because we didn't have a lot that other children had. And, you know, that carried over. And I remember one day, Miss Becky, that my mom, she had been drinking and, um, we was um, we was living in a two bedroom of, um, house and it was so old, and it was a bed in the living room and I could see it still to this day. And I was on the back of the bed and my mom was in the middle and her boyfriend was on the front in the front of the bed. And um, when we went to sleep, that's how we were sleeping. But when we woke up, when I woke up, he had pushed my mom to the front of the bed and he had gotten in the middle and he had molested me that day, that night. And I was six years old at the time. Um, I was afraid to tell my mom what he had did to me because I didn't think that she would receive that information and she would blame, would blame me for it. So I held that in for years until I was 18 years old. And I told my oldest sister what had happened. And then from there, I just started putting things into motion to try and better my life. So I ended up getting pregnant at the age of 17. And I um, dropped out of high school in the 10th grade. And my children, uh, while out of high school, I had four more children. And while um, out of high school, we uh, moved to the uh, this apartment complex, which was considered the projects. And I raised my children in this apartment complex. And we were on public assistance. And um, I received food stamps. I received a welfare check. And then I had um, my middle son started having trouble with his heart. And he had to go to, to the medical university in Charleston, South Carolina, for open heart surgery because we found out he had a hole in his heart. And during the same time, I gave birth to another son who was born premature. And it, they had given him like a 24 survival uh, chance of living after birth. So I had two children in the hospital, uh, both on life support, miles away from each other. I was young. I was only 25 years old at that time. Three other children at home. No education. It was hard. So I ended up getting into a relationship with this man who accepted me and accepted my children. And, you know, he loved me and he loved my kids until one day the beating start started. Mm. And I didn't know why I was getting hit because I've always tried tried to be the, the person that, you know, that didn't get caught up in things like that. So he would just beat me for anything while I was driving, um, while I was asleep. I would wake up and I would have a black eye or a swollen lip. And I was thinking to myself, what am I saying in my sleep? To make this man hit me. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh because that is not funny, but but it's like we, sometimes when things like this happen, I think it's common for women to try to figure out what their part in that was that caused them to do that. And there is nothing that you did that would cause him to beat you. That's just him. And I think 
intuitively, I think we all know that, but sometimes it's hard to, hard to let it go. And we still, you know, decide, try to figure out what was, what was our part in this. Yes. So Tangie, I had some other questions about this, but I think you've kind of answered them. Like, you know, there was, what was your lowest, we're going to, we're going to, supposed to go out to break right now, but we're going to have, I'm going to ask you one more question before we do. And I know our wonderful engineer, Aaron, is going to follow me. So um, Tangie, what was your lowest moment at that time? I mean, these were all really terrible things from the time you were six to having your children, to having kids in the hospital, to being beaten. What was the worst part? What was that lowest moment for you? Was there something, was it one of those or was there another moment? It was another moment. It was another moment. Though those were hard times for me, there was something else that happened drastic, drastically that hurt me to the core of my heart to the point I almost committed suicide. Oh, wow. You know what? Let's let's save that for the other side of the break, okay? So we're going to go ahead and go on out to break, but we will pick this up because I don't know. I'm crying right now. Your story to me is just, it, it's so... I don't know. Anyway, we'll talk on the other side. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking about overcoming struggles and becoming survivors of life with our guest, Tangie Roseborough. And just before the break, I asked Tangie what was kind of the lowest moment of her life. And just to refresh, or for those who are just joining us, Tangie survived sexual abuse by her mother's uh, boyfriend at age six. She got pregnant at 17. She had two children, both at one point on life support at the same time, finally meets what she believes is the man of her dreams who ends up beating her for no reason. And and now here she is. And she was just about to tell me that there was something else. And I can't even imagine anything worse than any one of those things. So, so Tanji, I'm going to give you your moment to share what that was. And then we're going to talk about how you overcame all this because... Okay. That's that's where the magic happens, right? So Yes, ma'am. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so go ahead. Okay, so leading up to that point, I just want to say that um the way I got away from my husband was that he ended up going to prison for 10 years for armed robbery, and when that happened, my children and I became homeless and we moved into this barn 
that people store their lawn care things in. And we stayed there in that one room born for maybe three to six months until I was able to get um, me a job and get back on our feet. Mm-hmm. Um, but Good we use that barn for shelter. So once I moved into, once we moved into the home that I had purchased in the land, um, I ended up going back to school and getting my GED and all of that. But what happened after that, you would think that everything that you've gone through is about over, but no, something drastically happened. My son, who was 22 years old at the time, was charged with double murder and first degree burglary. Oh my gosh. He did not commit this crime, but they were seeking to find somebody to put this on. And they and the guy who actually did it put my son's name in it. He actually put all three of my son's name in it. One of my sons is disabled. He has malretardation. He included him in it. So uh, they ended up dropping my middle son and my baby boy who has the disability. And they kept my oldest son. And at that point, I was broke. I didn't have no money. I didn't have, I was working, but I was only making $24,000 a year. And my house payment was almost $1,000. Here it is. I was going to need an attorney for my son. I didn't have a dime to my name. I was so broken to the point I was like, God, I give up. I cannot take any more. I have taken so much. They are going to kill my son because they were seeking the death penalty for my son. And I said, I can't do it. So I went to the park, got up at six o'clock in the morning. I went to the park and I had these pills in my hand that I had found. And I had poured them in my hand. And as I got ready to lift them to my mouth, my phone rang. And it was my pastor. And she oh. said, God laid me, God laid you on my heart. Where are you? And I said, Oh, oh man. You, you okay? I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, that's that's beautiful. So that kind of leads me to my next question. Was there anyone to motivate you or pull you out of your situation? And it sounds like that was the beginning of that. <sighs> I would say that I had people like my pastor to tell me, you know, you you have to fight. You can't give up, Tangie. You have overcome too much. If you give up, who's going to be the mouthpiece for your son? So I put it together. I went into prayer and I said, God, I know that through your grace and through your mercy, I can do this with your strength. Because when I am weak, you are strong. So I began to self-motivate myself. I didn't have anybody to push me to say, keep going. Don't give up. Nobody but her that that day that told me you have to fight. So I started motivating myself. I started writing letters to myself to encourage myself. I started journaling. I started, you know, just doing things to motivate myself. And as I motivated myself, I, I gained the strength to continue to fight for my son until those charges was dropped, which was four years later. They ended up having to drop all the charges on him because they didn't have anything on him. But that was the hardest part of my life. Oh, my gosh. To see my baby um, going through this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, my heart just really aches for you. And I'm going to ask you, is there a book in your future? Because I think there's one inside you right this moment if you haven't started writing it yet you need to write a book i do have a book it's called my autobi my autobiography purpose for my destiny is it published it is yes ma'am okay. it's on amazon okay my autobiography what's the name of it it's called my autobiography purpose for my destiny purpose for okay on amazon okay well i hope some people will go online and purchase a copy of that book because I'm sure it's it's wonderful. So you finally pulled yourself out of this nightmare slowly, starting with that phone call from your pastor and then beginning to write letters to yourself. And you know the self-talk is certainly so important. Was there anything else that you did specifically that you could share with our listeners who may be in the midst of a very devastating cancer diagnosis? They think their life is over. Um you know what? What can you share about your journey that might mean something to to the people listening to the show today? 
So what I would tell people is first and foremost, if you don't have a relationship with a higher power, with mm-hmm. God or, or whomever, build that relationship because that is what give that that is what gave me strength to keep going every single day. My faith, my faith grew so much during those times because I was at my lowest and I said, Well, I can't go nowhere else but up. So I started surrounding myself around positive people who wanted to see me succeed, who was who then at that time began to get behind me and push me, which is when my nonprofit organization birthed my art, my nonprofit birthed right in the midst of that. I call a hurricane with a twisted tornado because (laughs) I didn't give up because I'm like. At first, I was like, God, how do you want me to motivate people? And I'm so broken. You want to use me and I'm broken? He said, but because it's not about you. Because once we realize that things that we go through in our life is not really directly about us, but how we can uh, affect other people's lives through what we have gone through, then and only then can we begin to move forward and do the things that God has already uh, equipped and called us to do. So let me ask you a question on that. Um, So oftentimes it is the adversities that we face, the things that we go through that help us uncover strengths that we never knew we had. Yes. What strength did you uncover? I found out during this, during this process that when I, like I said earlier, when I am weak, when I feel like I can't do something, that unction of the Holy Spirit gives me the strength to be able to do it. So I found out that even in my weakness, yet I am still strong if I don't give up in the process. A lot of people want to give up in the process because the pain is so unbearable. But we have to find an outlet to continue to push through it all. Because yeah. once we realize that if we can make it to the end of the book, the, the book is going to turn out a whole lot different from the beginning. Yeah, that's that's a really good way to look at it. And you know, one of the things that I try to share with people and I, it's happened to me in my own life, you know, when things seem really gloomy and there's no hope, etc., the next phone call that you get on your cell phone or your home phone or whatever, the next time that phone rings, it's the good news that you've been hoping you would get but had given yes. up on. Mm. You know, it, it it can be the one thing that changes everything for you and it can be the one thing that changes it for the positive and for our cancer patients you know I'm stage four right now I am metastatic and I'm in a trial and I've had my moments Tangie I have to be honest I've had my moments where you know I'm thinking this might be the one you know this is my fifth battle over 22 years nearly 23 now and it's my fifth time and I've seen it happen to so many women just like me. They battle cancer, it comes back, they battle it again, it comes back, and then one day it comes back and then they're not here, you know, a few months later. I've Mm -hmm. seen it happen and I've put myself into that place of kind of fear and hopelessness. And the key, I call that having my pity party and we all have them and I always use the don't stay too long, it's okay to go there, just don't stay at the party too long. But it's that next phone call that when they do my random checks and they go, well, we, we did the scan and everything is stable. It's like, okay, that's cool. You mm-hmm. know, and, you know, so it's that next thing I, I, you know, I'm envisioning my cancer has just grown leaps and bounds, but it hasn't. It's stabilized. And just coincidentally, it's stabilized at the same time we found it. <laughs> it grew very fast in four months from zero to five mm-hmm. um, cancerous spots in four, in four and a half months. And then we didn't start treatment until just this month. So I'm sitting here picturing it's grown to seven or eight or 10 or 12 spots, it's still at five. And that's, and in October is when we found it. And that's when people start praying for me and I start praying. So yeah, I think having a higher power to look forward to, you know, getting some assistance from is a good thing. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we don't give up because it's that next thing right around the corner because our lives can change for good or, you know, and very, very quickly. So, so how do you use your strength and you know, the, all the things that you've lost or lost learned to empower and motivate others. I, um, I do a lot of motivational speaking events. I travel on the East and the West coast. A lot of people book me to come and share my story of how I overcame the things that I, that I've gone through because people want to know, how did you survive? What was your strength? What made you continue to push no matter what was going on in your Mm -hmm. life? You know, and I and I just know that it's 
first of all, we have to, you know, trust God and be um, perseverance. You know, you have to be able to be strong even when tried and tested, you know. And so that's what keep me going. And now just people reaching out to me lets me know that everything I went through was not in vain. That yeah. my story, the pain that I endured can help break the bondage off of somebody else. That's just right. because I made it through. Amen, sister. You should be a preacher. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, I have one other question. I want to go back to something you said a couple minutes ago. Um, that, you know, you said first you build a relationship with God or your higher power. This is the advice you were giving to people. And then to be around positive people. With everything going on in your life at that time, which wasn't really being around positive people, how did you find some? How did you find a positive group of people that you could become friends with? How, what's the steps? I have a really huge family. Okay. And it was my family. It was okay. my family who ra- who rallied around me and gave me that strength to keep going. It was my family when I was at in the bed crying, when I didn't want to get up out of the bed and my lights, my room was dark and the TV was off and I just wanted to lay in pity, like you said. Mm-hmm. My family came and they pushed me. They get up out of that bed. You're not going to stay there. Good. You know, so it was my family who rallied around me and pushed me. Good. Because we all need those people in our lives, but sometimes it's hard to know where to find them, especially if you don't have family. But um, but there's always places, you know, there are support groups um, that people can reach out to. And whether it's for domestic violence or any of the things you've done, or if it's cancer, there are support groups. But I also want to encourage our listeners that not all support groups are created equal. So uh-huh. if you go to one and it's kind of a bust because everybody there is just negative, then go find another one. Um, there are really good ones and there are maybe not so good ones. So it, it all depends on the makeup of the participants, but don't judge them all together. So find a good positive support group. If you're a cancer patient and you're really struggling, I'd like to, again, remind you to contact Breast Friends. You can reach us through our website or just contact mail at breastfriends.org. And we are certainly um, willing to help you in whatever way needs, needs to happen. So, um, so I'm going to ask you this. Um, if you could change one thing about your life, what would it be? I wouldn't change absolutely anything, Miss Becky, because everything was a component to make me who I am today. I love that answer. And I also love talking to people from the South because they call me Miss Becky. And I have two granddaughters from the South and they call me Grandma Becky. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I love that. It makes me feel very special. <laughs> And I love how many syllables you can put into it as well. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I do. I love a good Southern accent. So I'm enjoying this just for that reason, if nothing else. But no, I'm enjoying this whole thing. So, okay, I'm going to ask you another question because we're going to switch gears here pretty soon and get to the heart of your new program that you're doing. And that is, if you could do one thing in life that you love so much, you'd do it for free, but could get paid to do it, what would it be and why? Miss Becky, I want to be so desperately a professional, global, motivational speaker. That is my heart desire. I have always wanted to be a motivational speaker because I knew the things that I was going through had to have a purpose behind it. So if I could do one thing, if God could grant me one wish today, (laughs) I would have to say, Lord, allow my dream to come true to be a professional global motivational speaker. Well, I have a little bit of news for you. I mean, it's not anything like super cool. I'm not crazy. It is cool. You know, we have a global audience and they don't all listen to like this show live, but they all go, we have many people. We've had approximately 150,000 Um, people who listen to various on-demand episodes of our show last year. So your show will now be in that lineup. And so you're going to get your message, even though it's just you and me talking, we got Aaron in the background listening to everything we're saying and keeping our show going. And thank you, Aaron, for doing such a great job. Um, But there are other people all over the globe who are going to hear this message. And And if any of you listening to this message have an opportunity for Tangie to come and speak where you are, if you belong to a church and they looking for a motivational speaker 
I think Tanji's your gal. In the meantime, you know, we, um, you're going you're gonna to touch some hearts, even if you're not there speaking on a stage. This is a big stage you're on right now. So right. we're very excited about that. And I just want to give you that. And then also when we're done, you'll have a link to this broadcast. You can put it on your website. You can do whatever you want with it. So people will hear your story um, one way or the other. And if God chooses to use it in a different way, so be that too. Great. So just wanted to tell you that. All right. Yay. So <laughs> let's go back to why you first reached out to me in the first place. Because you, I can't remember now, was it through a LinkedIn connection that we did? I or think Facebook? so. You reached out to me about your Women of Strength program and girls, and we girls spelled with a Z, rock. So yes. let's let's switch gears before we run out of time. And let's talk about what you're doing now. Okay, so I reached out to you, Miss Beckett, because I read your story. I think I, I found you online is what it was. I was looking for women empowerment. And um your your post your um picture came up or your website came up and I was like, Wow. So I started reading about you and I was like, Oh my God, I would love to honor her for her Aww. strength and her courage and her bravery to continue to push, you know, in spite of what it is that you are going through. So that's how I read. That's why I reached out to you. But we girls rock is a nonprofit organization that I formed and found in 2014 to empower young ladies ages four to 17 for better living through positive change, to change their mindset from negative thinking to positive thinking. Age four to 17. Wow. That's, that's, I mean, that's such a great idea to start that training at that age. It really is. I think so many times we kind of overlook all that, but given your experience beginning probably began earlier, but what happened to you at age six, I, that I could see why you'd have a heart for that. Yes. Yes. And then, the, and that's, uh, a, that's a 501c3 or, or is yes it? ma'am yes. we are okay. 501c3 yes ma'am okay and then so that's a like a training program for young girls age 4 to 17 and how do you carry that out what's the what's the process so we meet we meet uh twice a month and, okay. and it's usually on the weekend on a saturday and we uh go or include them in programming activities that's going to build their self-esteem, their character building, um, their etiquettes, uh, school academics. We do tutoring. We also do uh, bridging the gap between parents and the children. So we do mother-daughter pillow talk, father-daughter dance, a variety of things like that. I also take them on uh, trips out of the state of South Carolina because a lot of them have never gone outside of of Gaffney. So wow. we, we've gone down to Dr. King's site to allow them to to experience something like that. We visited CNN in Atlanta, Georgia, the Olympian Park, uh, you know, a variety of different places just to give them um, another envir- yeah. environment that they can appreciate. Well, that's great because it shows them at that age, their world revolves right around their like 20 foot radius. But, right. you know, when you can get them out there to see that there is a big world out here and, and they've got a place in it, it's just finding it. You know, it's right. good just good to kind of recognize that early. That's great. So do these girls get to go to this? Is it a free program or do they have to pay money to go or do you get sponsors? How does that work? Everything I do for the girls are, is free. Everything is free associated to my nonprofit organization. I am a grant writer. I have a master's degree in nonprofit management. So usually my funding comes through the grants that I write or donations or sponsorships to um, help help with the funding of the organization. That's great. Well, good for you, and you know, I really wish you luck in, in that because I think that sounds like a great program. So let's go back to Women of Strength. Now, you, this is another thing that you do, which is what we were just talking about a few minutes ago. So talk about how you started that, kind of why you started that, and what is it? Okay, it's the Women of Strength Honorary Award Movement, and what I do is I travel at my own expense most time. Uh, unless somebody booked me to come and bring it to their city. Um, I honor women and a few men who have survived different things in life, such as cancer, lupus, domestic violence, sexual abuse, single motherhood, homelessness, and a variety of other uh, different things. I also honor youth and community advocates that's making a difference out in the communities. And the reason why I do this is because, like I stated earlier, I had no one to tell me thank you for going through what you went through and not giving up because you motivated me. 
I didn't have anybody to push me. So I want to tell each person that I honor, thank you for being the strength for so many other people, because Mm -hmm. otherwise they would have given up if they didn't hear your story on how you pushed through to become who you are today and doing what you are doing today. So that's what well, Tanji, you remind that this whole thing reminds me of something that my husband shared this with me, and I can't remember exactly what where he picked this up from. But he works for the Salvation Army, and he's been there for oh gosh, uh, I guess thirteen, fourteen years now, or something. Anyway, one of their leaders wrote one word that describes the the attitude of the people who work for the Salvation Army, and that word is others. If all you did in your life was think about others. Can you imagine the beautiful planet we'd have? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, I, and I love that one word. And that sounds to me a lot like what you're doing with your women of strength. You're honoring others for the work that they do to inspire others. <laughs> I just, right. It's a yes, good, ma'am. can you, you know, that's a great, that's a great message. So, so tell us how that, so you do this all at your own expense. Is this also a 501c3? It's up under the umbrella of We Girls Rock. Okay, okay. So and if people wanted to donate to that specifically, they would donate to We Girls Rock and then maybe put a little um, apply toward women of strength. And that could help you yes, with ma'am. some of your expenses. So what are your greatest expenses you have with um, women of strength? I, I understand We Girls Rock. You've got a workshop and training and and travel. So tell, talk about women of strength. What are some of your expenses you have? Well, so far I, I have honored since last year, um, I have honored 155 men and women on both the East and the West coast. And I, it, I have to pay out of pocket for every venue that I get to host these events in the v- various cities. And I have to purchase all of the plaques that I, um, give out to these people, to the women and the men and, um, the food, I cater all the food. So for one event, it can cost me all the way up to $2,500. Wow. And where are you getting that money from? Um, most time, because I don't use we girls rock money, um, uh, for the women of strength. Most times it comes out of my own pocket from my job. Um, the, the work that I do from my book sales and my magazine sales, mm-hmm. um, pretty much that's where that money come from. But I will say that, um, for January, I did have to cancel two events because I ran out of funding because I lost my job in October of 2018. So I wasn't able to uh, do the events in January. So I'm praying that, you know, I'm able to get everything back on the right track so that I can continue to move forward. Well, hopefully just being on our show today will help you in in some way. Um, You know, no promises, obviously, but the more you can get your word out there, just like with Breast Friends, the more we can get our word out there, the more people can hear stories of survival, hear about inspiration and things that make a difference in this world. And you are clearly making a difference in this world. And I I knew that this would be a great interview when I talked to you before. So, um, okay, I'm going to let's I'm going to ask you a few more questions before we have to go off the air. We've got a few more minutes. So um, now I know that we talked about you have not battled cancer personally, but you've had loved ones that you've lost to cancer. And how did that affect your life and influence your movement? Um, it impacted my life tremendously because I lost an aunt to breast cancer and I seen her suffer and go through that pain of going through that. And I was young at that time. So that stayed with me. And then I had a first cousin who passed away at the age of 30. And I talked to her up until the day that she took her last breath. I, I spoke with her on the phone and, um, I kept telling her, don't give up, don't give up, don't get, even after they called hospice in, I begged her not to give up. So after she passed away, it impacted me so much. I said, you know, I want to start doing things to help give back. So I participate in the Relay for Life. Um, yeah, I do things like that. And I give donations back to them, you know, just so that I can do something to show the impact of losing those two people that was so dear to me, you know, give back to that, that agency. Yeah, I think that's good. And, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if some of these agencies that you've been giving to could support you in this effort to, 
you know, present a, a woman of strength award at their, I'm going to challenge them right now. <laughs> uh, if you have an agency that has some money for things like recognition, and you would like to bring Tangi to your city to uh, provide a, a woman of strength award, and it sounds like it's for men too, so men are women of strength, mm-hmm. um, that, sh- that they would bring you pay your expenses, cover the cost of the plaque, invite the people, pay the food, pay the all of that, and let you do your thing that you do so well. Because I'll tell you, when you have to spend all your time and energy focusing on money, it kind of takes some of the um, oomph out of the actual program itself. Yes. And I get that because we have to do it all the time. But we're also a nonprofit and we don't charge our patients for, for most of the things that we do either. So, um, so yeah, I, I get that. But I would like to challenge any of these bigger organizations that may have people they want to honor. Do it in a special way. So, anyway, that's that's neither here nor there, but I wanted to just throw it out there. So, Tangie, how do you pick your honorees that are going to be honored? How do you find them? Um, so usually I have what I call is a brand ambassador in, in different cities and okay. my ambassadors, they work with me to find the people within their area, within their city or state or wherever they are to honor because I can't be there. So I, I don't know these people. So once my ambassadors get a list of the people they feel needs to be honored, then um, I take it and I go over their bio and see how they have given back and what they have overcome. And then I decide from there who's going to be honored. And I just had a made a big event in Atlanta, Georgia. I could not weed out anybody. So I honored 31 women in wow. Atlanta in, in, in December. And you gave them all a plaque. I gave them, I gave every last one of them a plaque. Yes. Ma'am. And those, those are cheap because we buy plaques to honor. We have a compassion award we do every year and we have a, an angel award we do every year. And I know those plaques aren't cheap. So no, that's, ma'am. that's pretty amazing that you, that, you know, that's, you're doing that. I was going to ask you some other questions about money, but I think we've already covered that. So I'm not going to. So I'm going to ask you this. What's your biggest fear in doing what you're doing through your movement? Um, not being able to keep it going because of funding. Um, okay. like I said, kind of like what not, happened in January. Exactly. A yeah. lot of my funding for We Girls Rock is We Girls Rock. But a lot of the fun, all of the funding for the Women of Strength comes from my pocket. So I keep that separate because it's like even though um, the Honorary Women Award is up under the umbrella with We Girls Rock, it's kind of for profit because I have to take that money to keep it going the movement going. Whereas with We Girls Rock, I have to account for every single dime that comes in mm-hmm. for the for my annual reporting with the sure. state. Yeah, and that makes sense. Um, but there are ways to restrict funds. So if somebody wanted to fund Women of Strength through We Girls Rock and you set up a separate restricted account for that, would that help too? Oh, yes, um, ma'am. So we can talk have, about that offline, but... Um, okay. But yeah, because we have we have a lot of different programs we do, and and if the money just goes into the general fund, then who knows? But if it's restricted to fund a certain thing, um, you know, we have a hat project that gets special funding. This radio show gets special funding on occasion. Um, some of our programs, but they're all connected under the umbrella of Breast Friends. It's all part of our program. So right. Um, so what is the greatest? Ble- oh, I have a question because. I kind of faced this with you when you called me and said that you wanted to honor me in this. I was, I remember how I reacted, but how do other people react? I mean, it's a real <laughs> honor, but it seemed, it seemed like, a, like, I don't know. Sometimes you just don't feel like you really deserve that. So how do most people respond when you ask them? Just you like, like you, yeah. just like you did. They was, they'd be like, Oh my God, thank you so much. But why, why am I getting yeah. honored? Yeah. You know, and I was and I just tell them I pay attention. I look, I read, I see. So from what I see for myself, you deserve to be honored for the things that you are doing, for the things that you have overcome. If nobody ever in this world told you thank you for not yeah. giving up, I want to be that person to do that. Well, you are an amazingly kind woman. We are actually getting close to running out of time. So, um I'm going to ask you one last question about this, and then then I've got to move to my close. But what is your greatest blessing for you personally in doing what you do? My greatest blessing is just being able to see the smiles on the people's face, the inspiration that they get from me, from being in my presence. 
just like at the school I just spoke at right before this interview, before I left, those students got grown because it was adult education. They got up and gave me a big hug and said, thank you so much. I'm not going to love that. I love that. that. So awesome. for Yeah. You know, I have to share something with you. You know, I speak all over the country on different things, and I never base my success on how many books I sell or if I get a standing ovation, because sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, but it's how many hugs I get. It's kind of my hug meter. If they're lined up to give me a hug, I know I touched a heart. And that's yes, that's ma'am. really what the message is all about. Well, Tangi, thank you so very, very much for being a guest on our show today. It is always amazing to me how fast time flies. And we even skipped the second break so we could slide right through. And, and here we are now at the end. And But I really appreciate you. Just very quickly, can you give our audience um, a way to contact you or to learn about Women of Strength or We Girls Rock? Can you give us maybe give us an email or not an email, probably a web address? Yes, give us ma'am. A, a web address, okay. So my web address for the Women of Strength Honorary Award is uh, com, And that's T-A-N-G-I-E-R-O-S-E-B-O-R-O.com. www.tangieroseboro.com. Okay. That's for the Women of Strength Honorary Award. For okay. We Girls Rock is www.wegirlzrock. Dot org. So we okay. girls rock. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for, for taking the time and being on our show. I hope it benefits you today. Um, again, most of our listeners are not listening live right now. Some probably okay. are, but most of our listeners do um, listen on demand later and we have them all over the globe. So, um, so thank you again uh, for our listeners. Just here's my, our selfless plug. We do have a new breast friends app. It's called the breast friends app. It's available on Google play and the app store. And if you're new to our show and you want to find an easy way to reach us, we are pushed out um, across all major platforms, including iTunes and Google Play. So just open up your favorite podcast um, platform and search for Breast Friends Podcast. Also, if you like our show, just like Tangie, you know, everything has a cost to it. And in order for us to keep this show going, we do need to rely on your support. So if you're a listener and you've listened to many of our episodes, maybe you're new to us. But if you'd like to consider either being a sponsor of our radio show and get your name out there in front of thousands and thousands of people who listen to this, or if you would just like to make a donation just in support because you like to listen to it, um, please go to breastfriends.org. Uh, go to the big blue button at the top of the page that says donate and make a donation in whatever amount you can give so we can keep this going. Um, and we will be back next week. Until then, remember, there is always hope and we are here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Sharon Hennepin and Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time.